Hi, and welcome to another episode of Real Estate with Howard Drew Karsh. For those who don't know me, I'm one of the co-founders, along with Arthur Bartram and Ron Petticord, of Canada's largest independent brokerage with over 5,400 agents. I've also been a member of the board of directors of the Toronto Regional Real Estate Board. I've been on the board of directors of the Real Estate Council of Ontario, RICO, which is the regulator. And I also sit on the board of the company I co-founded. If you're interested in finding out more about me, the first episode we did is called Intro, and you'll find out my background there. This is not your typical real estate podcast. Uh, we'll be interviewing agents, brokers, uh, developers, builders, people who sell pre-construction, uh, media people, lawyers, uh, finance people, and people who are not necessarily in the real estate sphere, but are just interesting stories. One thing about all our guests is all of our guests have had to overcome challenges to arrive at the success they're at. The trajectory has never been straight up. It's always been up, down, sideways, but they've all made success. And, and for that, they're really fascinating people. My own background is I for 20 years, I was a real estate agent before starting the company. And then as the company grew, I would be the manager as we opened branches. And for a few years, I was also broker of record and president. The one thing I found really interesting in the, that role is when you're running a real estate company, one of the most important things are the people you have, the agents. And my role very heavily was in meeting people, interviewing them, and having them become members of the brokerage. I interviewed two kind of main categories. One were new people, and I found that meeting new people, a lot of the time, it was really easy to tell who would be successful. There was an energy and enthusiasm, something about them that I just thought, if I was looking for an agent, I would hire these people. The other category were people transferring. And that was the most flattering because these are people coming from other brands that have been around a lot longer than us, and they joined the, the company. And, and for that, we, we grew well on, on both categories. So now to our guest. Let me give you a little bit of background. And we are delighted to have this guest who is perhaps one of the busiest people I know. Um, our guest had a distinguished 21 years of public service in the Ontario legislature, five years as the leader of Progressive Conservatives Party of Ontario. Um, his approach has always been an advocate for the industry. He's, he strongly supports realtors. He's focused on, on the benefits of consumers. He, he's focused on quality uh, services to all the members. Um, he was also named to the Swanepoel Power 200, which is which is a, um, an award that's given uh, somewhat uh, without your knowledge by, by Stefan Swanepoel, uh, and that was in his first year. I, I was also uh, uh, given that award uh, some years ago, and I know that uh, you know, in the industry, that's a, that's a considerate, uh, that's a feather in your cap. The other thing about our guest is, in my opinion, and because I know this industry quite well, um, for many years, uh, the Ontario Real Estate Association wasn't really... Uh, at the forefront of people's thinking in, in real estate. Um, in my opinion, uh, my guest is the voice of organized real estate. He, he, he's very heavily involved with media and promotion and supporting agents, and, uh, and I think people really recognize that. So if you haven't guessed who it is, today our guest is Tim Hudak. And Tim, welcome. All right, good, good to see you again. Thank you for the very generous introduction. Um, so how are you enjoying this shift in, in your world from real estate to show business? Oh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's wonderful. Um, you know, I was able to leave uh, uh, the world of managing a company to John Lusink. And, <laughs> and you, you know, we've had lunch together, you, me, John, and, and Ron in the past, so we know each other quite a bit. 
Um, but what's nice about this is, you know, when you retire, you sometimes wonder, what will I be doing? And, uh, and Adam came along with this idea, and it just seemed like, yeah, it's real estate. Um, it's something I know without having to do a lot of research. And I found it uh, flattering. Uh, we've had wonderful guests like yourself who feel that this, this is a worthwhile uh, time to be interviewed. So, you know, appreciate I was, that. I was delighted to be asked. And, I mean, well, you got a great voice. Like, it sounds really, it sounds really good. Obviously, you're a handsome man on top of that. So that's a bonus <laughs> Wait a for those watching can, can we run that back one more time? <laughs> <laughs> but look, I mean, it's no surprise to, to me um, that you're doing this because not only do you stay on, on the board and you involved in the other activities you described, but you're a builder, you're a creator, you're the kind of guy that makes things happen. You're an entrepreneur. So no surprise to me that that kind of energy has now found this outlet. And I'm, I was really honored when you asked me to be part of it. So thank you. Well, you're very welcome, Tim. And, and that really is what got me uh, enthused. It was like, you know, when we started the other company. There was no agents. It was just like an idea. And, uh, and then it grew to something successful. And, and I felt the same enthusiasm about, okay, there was nobody doing this before me. Uh, um, you know, my, my uh, uh, producer knows technology inside and out. Adam's great. I just have to, you know, look good, sound good for a little bit on, on camera, and we got a winner. <laughs> so so let, let me move on to, to you, because I know how busy you are. Um, I was trying to, you know, normally I ask people, how did we meet? And I don't know if we met at a RealtorQuest show. Do you remember the first time we met? Yeah, I, I do. And I think we had met before that, too, because when I saw you in person, maybe it's just because of your prominence, like I instantly knew who you were. I thought we may have crossed paths in my old job in politics and given your you know, leadership role with Right at Home and, and with Treadboard and all that. Uh, I think we had actually crossed paths in that world where real estate and politics come together. But most recently, it was at RealtorQuest. I was uh, working uh, the Aria booth there. Like a you pro. You working. came by to say hi. We had a, a really good initial chat. <clears throat> and I wasn't sure where you were going to be coming from. Because sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm sort of new in the business. And, and the Treadboard was sort of this mysterious, you know, group of folks that go into a room and then decisions come out. And sometimes with Aria, it's a good relationship. Sometimes not so good. So I was a little, okay, what's it Howard Phil all about? <laughs> and it was a very warm conversation, and it's been great to go grab lunch with you and beer and all that kind of stuff since. Yeah, and and you know what, I I could sense when I met you. I um I think it might have first time when you did come to the to the treb one of the treb board meetings. I think that was it. But I I could sense that you know you were you were skilled at at uh, uh, at being involved. Uh, you'd had a great career, and I could sense what you're trying to do is what anybody would try to do. You're trying to read people. You want to know, like, who are you talking to? What are they thinking about? And, you know, and, and get your alliances in order. And uh, obviously, you've done a great job, Tim. So congratulations. Well, I'm nice to say, I think, you know, when I think about the, the lessons uh, of life, and I know I had to see your intro show, because I'm sure you talk a lot about what you learned through your success. But, you know, building lasting and trusting relationships has been you know, one of my um, key goals. It's what I recommend to folks. You never know how life will take twists and turns. Be good with people on the way up. You'll need them again if you're on the way down because we'll all have a bit of a roller coaster ride right. at some point uh, in our life. So I appreciate you picking that up. It has been one of my my mantras is to get to know people, understand their motivation, and see where you can work together and, and, and try never to burn bridges. The thing you do also very well is you're very accessible. Like, <clears throat> I know you've uh, I've watched your career. I know. Uh, how many boards are there in Ontario? 37. How many have you missed? Um, <laughs> I know. I know. So 37 <laughs> boards, 
And, I, um, you yeah. try, I, when I first came um, out of the gate, when I was uh, became CEO of Aria in December of 2016, in the first couple of years, I, I try to visit each board in person uh, every every year. Mm-hmm. And you're the same kind of guy, right? You like to look people in the eye face to face. They want to meet around the boardroom table. They want to go out for chicken wings uh, or meet at a real estate office. Like wherever they were comfortable, I wanted them to feel comfortable. So they would choose leadership where they wanted to meet. And it helped me build those relationships. Now, our province is huge from Thunder Bay to Ottawa to, to Windsor to Niagara. So we can't do that uh, every year. But some of the boards, the large boards, I do see several times a year. But every every two years, for sure, I will have visited uh, every board. And now the president, John Morrison, and David Oiko, president-elect, um, they go with me because they enjoy it, too. Well, you know, it's interesting because I agree with you. you. You know, this is a business of people. And as much as we're doing, we're doing a Zoom interview because it's safe. But the, the whole idea of the podcast was actually have people in the room. But, you know, and, and uh, sometimes I, I, uh, I wish we could get like if you and I could be sitting in the same room, this all different energy, right, for both of us. But um, when you when you in the role you have, I think being out there and meeting uh, uh, boards uh, is just critical because they I just I just think they have a whole lot of respect for what you do, because that's you know, that's you're representing them. Why, why would they not want to have the opportunity to talk to you in person? And it's the best way to learn. You're absolutely right. I mean, I, I used to host a radio show on News Talk 1010 every week, and it was far better when the guest was there, yeah. uh, you know, a few feet away from you right. uh, in the studio, just yeah. because you build that energy. Yeah. Uh, it's also as important, too, in visiting, whether it's a local board office or a, a brokerage, you really get a feel for the atmosphere, whether it's the community, it's the downtown that they're in, they're out in the country, right. the feel right. of the office. I mean, that's all important information. And despite the fact that it's all in one province, there are a lot of little mini cultures, mini communities. There are significant differences that are important in this business, depending on where you are geographically in the province. I agree totally. And, you know, when I when I was uh, involved with the company, the role where I was managing and then after managing a broker record and president, I took on the role of being, uh, let's call it an ambassador of the company. So I would go, I was still involved with hiring agents, but if there was an event at one of the branches or you know, something to do with the industry, I'd go there. And, and even within the GTA, you know, the branch that's in Richmond Hill, as you know, is different than the branch that's in Vaughan. Like, and so you do, by visiting, you do get a sense of, of culture. And that's, you know, a multicultural uh, city like us, uh, you know, really helpful to know that. No doubt. And one of, you know, one of my early favorite recollections is visiting Northern Boards. Mm-hmm. And so I basically uh, drove up to North Bay and then drove from North Bay to Sudbury. Sudbury to the Sioux, and then to Timmins. Wow. <laughs> so that's a lot of miles. And it wasn't all one day, of course. Yeah. But it really gave you an appreciation, since the headquarters are in Toronto, the differences between the Toronto market and Northern Ontario. And you see so much space, so much distance. So it really gives you flavor. And I, I look forward to, Howard, I know you do too, when this whole COVID thing is said and done or whatever, right. to get me back out there. Agreed. Um, so in the meantime, these these are fun things for me to look forward to. And uh, and again, we know each other. So it's, you know, it's kind of an easy gig for me. It's not like learning about my guests. Um, but let me go on to to learning about my guests, because these are things that I ask because I think the viewers find them fascinating. Um, in your own background, your family background, what what would be the influences of uh, of your mother or your father on, on your yeah. career? So I, I grew up in a pretty typical middle-class family. My hometown is, is Fort Erie, so I'm a border boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then the border was far more open. So, you know, Buffalo was as much a, a part of our blood as it was uh, as Toronto would have been. 
My dad was a high school uh, principal. My mom was a special needs uh, teacher. Mm. And, you know, a lot of the values um, I got from them, the sense of family. They were both very active uh, citizens. They were volunteers in the community, uh, whether that's youth sports or the Knights of Columbus. My dad, my mom was part of Red Cross, so giving back. And my mom also actually was a town counselor in uh, Fort Erie, representing a rural area called Stevensville. So at a, at a young age, well, they weren't into party politics. Politics was part of the family. And my, my great, my grandpa, my mom's dad, was a real hardcore union guy. He was a CCFer, NDPer, and he was somebody that really inspired me to think about politics and, and public life. Uh, although uh, Grandpa Dylan Thomas Dillon, who's named from Sarnia, um, was a little shocked when the son, sort of the grandson he thought would become a fellow, you know, socialist, went to the other team and became a conservative. But I think he was still pretty proud when when I got elected back in 1995 for the first time. Well, obviously, that's a great background. You know, politics is such an unusual career that I, I'm always curious what gets people motivated. And when you talk about your own background, it's not a big surprise. Your mother, your, your grandfather, um, you know, you, you kind of want, it's like people getting into real estate. If their parents were agents, they kind of know what they're getting into. Uh, I don't yeah. know if you really know until you get into it, but it wasn't as big a surprise for you, I'm sure. Yeah. And, and you know, subjects like history, economics, I, I did... Um, my undergraduate economics at the University of Western Ontario, and then went to the States on a scholarship, University of Washington for my master's degree. Huh. So economics, well, as you know, is you know it's combining sort of the, the business world with the way people think and the way that they act and institutions act. So you combine all of that, I always did have a drive to get involved and to try to make a difference, to, to be an advocate. And, you know, thank God there's one talent that God gave me, not much else, but that's to run my mouth. So I found a good way to put it to work. <laughs> Well, there, there's nothing I respect more than humility. So, <laughs> listen, these are the th these are other things I really love to ask because because you know I I, I kind of reference my own career. So so here are the questions: um, How important was hard work, persistence, and luck in your? You can even go right back to your political career: hard work, yeah. persistence, and luck. Yeah. So you know, it's, it's great timing because I'm actually speaking to some college students at at Seneca um, next week mm -hmm. and sort of on real estate, but also just good advice for hopefully success in life. And the principles I, I talk about are taking chances. Number two is working hard and de developing a reputation for delivering. And third, I mentioned earlier, build lasting and trusting relationships. I think those are the three most important things. Um, when I first got elected as an MPP, Howard, in 95, I wasn't supposed to win. The riding had not voted for the PC party, my party, since before I was born. Mm. So I got in largely out of luck. I was only 27 at the time. My mom was a counselor, dad was principal, as I mentioned, but I wasn't very well known. Um, I was just back from studies in the States. But I worked hard, and I won in a squeaker, like a three-way race, by only, um, I think, one and a half percent of the vote. Mm. But so that was luck. I just happened to the right guy at the right time. I actually ran because I thought I was going to lose. I said, you know what? I'll carry the flag. I'll impress some people, learn a few things and take a serious run down the road. In the meantime, maybe I'll get a job as a policy advisor to the premier, one of the ministers. So I thought Harris win. I thought I would lose. Mm -hmm. So right place, right time. Like Woody Allen says, you know, 90% of life is just showing up at the right time. I happen to be there. But then lesson number two, to your point, that I worked my tail off. I went to every friggin' You know, letter opening around town, birthdays, anniversaries. Um, I was basically working seven seven days a week, 
long hours each day. I loved it. But then I turned that margin of 1,200 votes into 10,000 votes and got elected six times in total down in Niagara. So luck played a big role. And then once I had the good luck, I just worked my butt off to maintain, you know, the good opportunity that people put their faith in. And I agree with all of those things. You know, I listen, not only do I enjoy doing this podcast, I listen to other podcasts. And it, there isn't a, a successful person out there that doesn't talk about the importance of hard work, like basically outworking everybody around you. And that that's one of the real uh, uh, talents, I think, you've got, obviously. You know, that's an incredible uh, growth in uh, in your election crowd. Um, but it also, I'm sure, it, it, it applies to everything you do. I mean, just like you said, you know, going around the province, meeting people, talking to people. The other thing that's really, really important is authenticity. And, you know, you're an authentic guy. And I think if you went around and talked to people and they saw, you know, sort of a, a facade, it wasn't going to work, right? And I think that's, a, again, the, of, of all the people I interview, they're all of the same ilk. They're very authentic. And, uh, and I think that's really important as well. I appreciate you saying that. And I think that's even, um, you know, more in demand um, today than earlier times in our career. I think it's always been the case. I don't mean to always go back to politics in these stories and examples. Um, but and I'm sure you've learned this in a lot of your, your viewers. It's not really what you say. It's how you say it. And I think about 60 to 70 percent of somebody's likelihood in, in taking away your message and having faith in it is not the actual words that come out of your mouth. It's how you come across as a human being, your body language, your face, your eyes, you're making contact, all that kind of stuff. Right. I agree with you that, that, that you know, that's, uh, and sometimes it's, I mean, you had this great, uh, <laughs> before we got on the podcast, I said to Tim, um, uh, you know, I'm not going to give you too many challenging questions. And you said, go ahead, give me challenging questions. <laughs> no one's ever asked me for challenging questions, but that's because you've been in politics. You get challenged every day you show up there, right? You know, they, it's question period. Now, you know, they call it question period, not answer period. But you never know what kind of questions going to come. And the line I always have is, um, you know, if you ask me a question, Howard, that I don't like, I'll just answer a completely different question altogether. <laughs> uh, sounds like my wife. <laughs> <laughs> what about this? What would you say? And I know there are a lot. What would you say um, uh, was your biggest influence in uh, in your career? Let's, I guess we'd say politics because that's the majority of your life before Aria. Yeah. In terms of influencer, did you say individual or? Um, an individual. Yeah. Let's submit, let's bring it down to an individual. Yeah. I, you know, probably my dad would have been in my, and, uh, you know, sadly my dad passed away not too long ago, in August and he was a great athlete. Mm. He, um, played college football, actually got an offer to play in the States, mm. wanted to be a teacher in Canada, so stayed here. He started up his school and built it from what they thought would be a small school of two or 300 people into a, an athletic academic and cultural powerhouse of over 1200 students called Lakeshore Catholic in Fort Colburn. My dad had a great way of inspiring people. He was a, a team builder. And I couldn't, with my folks, grow up in a, a better household that did two things, Howard. They were very supportive. Um, they would always encourage my sister and I to try new things and succeed, but also pushed, right? Try to get, not let us get in comfort zones. Try to strive for, for more. And uh, my dad was a, a guiding light for me like that. Sadly, for a guy who's a great athlete in his retirement, you know, he played um, championship level se senior men's tennis. He went to the American Championship with his team out of Buffalo for a wow. while. God bless him. Wow. Um, but Parkinson's uh, wore him down over time. Wow. He passed away too young at 
at 78 and I miss him every day. So I'd say if there's one individual had the greatest influence, my dad. And, and in most cases, um, you know, that's why I asked the question, Tim, because the family, as you know, as a parent, uh, has such a big influence on, on where kids end up and how they end up. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you get lucky. It, it, it's easy and sometimes it's not that easy, but you still parent, right? That's part of the gig. What about this? Um, how important is, uh, and I think you addressed it in a different way, but how important is two things, the ability to take risks and the second part would be the importance of loyalty. Yeah, let me answer those ones separately because they're two, yeah. two right. really um, crucial values, but they're quite different. Um, I didn't know whether to go into person number two, so my dad was no doubt the, the, the biggest influencer. Um, the other one who I never met, uh, but was always my favorite politician was Theodore Roosevelt. And Theodore Roosevelt would talk about taking chances and taking risks, that it's better to have stood in the arena bloodied and, and dusted uh, than to never have tried anything, right? To sit in sort of the gray twilight on the sidelines, accomplishing little and daring, not at all. Um, so that was always an inspiration for me. In fact, that's up on my office wall uh, at ARIA as it was in, uh, in politics. And um, I, I think that being the one to put your hand up, to take that step forward, to take a risk uh, is such an incredible value. It is too rare. It's something I respect in other people and I look for in terms of, of my team. And even if you fail, right? If you make the effort, you, you give it your best shot, you screw up the courage to try to make a difference. My God, that is such a rare talent and it's exhilarating to do. And I've had my share of ups and downs, right? You lose an election campaign, that's a pretty high profile loss. There's no silver medal in that business. You're either the winner or you're a bum, right? right. But my God, that was such an opportunity to, to stand on a stage, to fight for what you believe in. I admire those that that too. You know, on um, on loyalty, mm -hmm. um, the um, a lot of experience with that, and it can be a bit emotional too, because uh, in in politics, uh, and in real estate, I think that can be the same case. Uh, loyalty is is, um, uh, is is treasured because it it can be so fleeting. Um, and politics is a blood sport. So, you know, when you're climbing the ladder, uh, your jokes are so funny and your speech was the best one they ever heard and all that kind of stuff. And then when you lose, the knives come out. Huh. Um, you know, you, you really see what kind of loyalty exists. The ability to trust somebody. Uh, leadership, as you know, can be a very lonely job because you can only trust somebody that you can tell was really on your mind. Otherwise, it gets out there, it gets twisted or what have you. Um, so it's something I, I value uh, tremendously, but I find it is um, an even more rare quality, unfortunately, uh, than even the courage of taking this. No, I, th I think you've, you've, you've basically stated the way I see those things as well. I'm not sure if it might be Matt Higgins. Uh, Matt Higgins is a periodic guest on uh, Shark Tank. Yeah. Uh, and I, I listen to his podcast as well. And I think he's the one that said that for him, one of the things he tries to do is put himself in new and uncomfortable situations because those are the, the things that make you grow, right? I mean, if you continue along one path and you're basically saying the same thing with your team, try new things. If it fails, so what? It, this is a thing with kids. Uh, it's kind of a personal thing for me with kids. I, I grew up um, and uh, had all kinds of... Uh, things I tried that didn't work out. You, can, you know, I'm happy to call them failures because it didn't make me a failure. 
But I think that's what's missing. I think that people don't fail enough. Because once you fail, you learn, okay, that didn't work. Now I move to something else. And I think failing doesn't make someone a failure. And you're basically saying the same thing, right? You're encouraging people to try new things. Uh, absolutely. And you, you realize that, you know what, maybe I'm a little bit beaten up, but I can get back on my feet. I can walk and the next day I'm feeling better. Um, you know, there's nothing like having clarity of purpose uh, in, in life uh, to make every day, you know, worth getting up for that fight. And even if you fail in some endeavor, um, I think at the end of the day, you're, you're stronger for having tried and you're more likely to be successful in the next opportunity they seize. Absolutely. And there's no, there's no way to, to uh, there's no vicarious way to understand failure and, and, and overcome. You got to do it yourself. It's true. Um, and uh, anyway, on, on that note, uh, you know, you, me, all my guests have figured out a way to do it. And um, and to me, that's a really that's the most fascinating story because it, it's uh, life is challenging. And, and those that succeed have a great story. And that's why that's why we're doing this podcast, because just like, you know, you're sharing your story. Um, maybe people can learn from listening to this podcast, you know, listening to your life and, and what you've accomplished. Um there's there's one question I, I, I like to ask, because when I was asked it, um, it was one that kind of, you know, made me think. And it's a it's not a, def, a difficult one, but I think it's important. Tim, if you were able to tell your 20 year old self something, what would you tell that person? <laughs> and buy real estate. <laughs> I, heard that, I heard that once before on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I mean, I, I've been pretty lucky, right? I, to, to be elected at 27, to be leader of the provincial party in, in Canada's biggest uh, province at, let me see, that was um, 2009. So I was, I was 40, almost 42. I got a great job now as CEO of the Real Estate Association. Um, I don't know this because Debbie and I, my wife Debbie and I are talking about it because she was smart and she bought her first house uh, in her mid late 20s. Oh, in Toronto, yeah. right? And then when we got married, I, I not only got into a great marriage, but a great mortgage and we sold the house <laughs> at hugely in value. So that actually yeah. is, is on my mind. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know what? I um, I don't have anything big to say on that one. The one thing, if I had a chance to relive, I wish I would have traveled more at that age, right? But a little less, a little less, um, uh, what's a, take a bit more risk in terms of my personal life, I think, at that age. But career-wise, you know, I rolled the dice at 27. I rolled the dice again in my 30s and 40s when I became leader. And, you know, uh, the biggest, the toughest moment in my career was, was losing an election campaign. I worked so hard for it. I was ready to be premier. I had ideas. I did get whatever, two and a half million votes, but I needed a couple hundred thousand more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then deciding what to do next. Because that was such um, an invigorating uh, job. It was um, high stakes. It was stuff I believed in. And, and that was really excited when Aria came along, because similarly, there's a spring in my step every day mm-hmm. because there's a clear mission, right? Helping connect people with a great place to call home. And uh, it was just really fortuitous. I can tell you more about it if you like and how it all came about. Um, but my biggest loss was, was, was that election in my career, not personal. But coming out of it was finding another place where I'm on a mission every day that, that moves my heart and helps me with my feet at the floor. This, uh, this is definitely from Matt Higgins, is that one of the things that successful people have, and you just defined it, is intention. Because it clarifies what you do and why you're doing it, right? And, and uh, you had it in every part of your career, in every career. 
is, you know, why you wanted to be in politics, why you want to take on the role of Aria. And I find, uh, you know, for me, uh, you know, having a new career and in, in doing a podcast, I have my own sense of intent. What do I want this to become? And, yeah. and, and it's great. It's, uh, you know, I, I just don't know how you live without intention. You, you got to have that reason to, to do and live and get through everything. Uh, it's a pleasure the way you explain those things. So, um, you know, I'd love to keep talking to you. We, we're we're uh, finding out about each other in a way we never did before. So it's a real pleasure. Uh, and I know how busy you are because you got about 100 assistants keeping you going. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Tim, thank you very much for setting uh, time out today. Um, I'd love to have you back in the future in another time if you'd be willing to do that as oh, well. Uh, absolutely. And hopefully we could actually be in person again. Perfect. And maybe grab a drink after the show. Okay, terrific. So listen, uh, enjoy the long, not a long weekend, but enjoy the weekend. Uh, stay safe and uh, we'll talk again. Thanks so much, Tim. Oh, you bet. And congrats on your success. And this is fantastic to see what you're doing and sharing those, uh, those lessons learned for success with so many people. It's been a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. I want to thank Tim Hudak, CEO of ARIA, the Ontario Real Estate Association, for being our guest today. Tim uh, has been uh, a remarkable benefit to the industry, and we're delighted that he found time to join us. We hope you enjoyed our podcast today, and we want to thank you for joining us. And if you did enjoy it, please like, comment, and also please take a moment to subscribe. We'd love to have you as one of our subscribers. So until next time, be safe, take care of yourselves, and we'll see you next time. Thanks.